Good night of Shabbos, everyone. Hope you have a wonderful day. Continue where we left off on the bottom of page 56b, the last line on the bottom, sixth chapter, page Kainas and Baba Kamba. We dedicate this class, our brothers and sisters in the Holy Land, especially those on the front line. All the wounded have a full and speedy recovery. All the hostages return home safely. So yesterday we learned an argument in Rabbi Nabi If someone finds a lost object, is he considered a sheimachinam, a Bailey who's doing you a favor and watching it for you, and therefore he's only responsible, liable if he was negligent? If it's lost the stone, he's not responsible. That's the opinion of a rabbi. Rabbi Yisuf argues, he says, no, he's like, he, he, has, he, does get, he has a benefit from watching this item. We have an argument. Why, uh, two explanations. Why, according to Rabbi Yisuf, what kind of benefit does he get? He's doing it for free. Either because when he's busy with the lost item, he can save. Engage in one mitzvah when you're busy with one mitzvah. You're exempt from other mitzvahs. If a poor person comes knocking on this door, the UGA comes knocking on your door, I'm busy, I'm, uh, I'm busy taking care of this lost item, so he saves himself some money. The poor person doesn't have to feed him. Or, because since it's not like a volunteer, a volunteer is doing you a favor, he volunteers to watch it. Here, you're not volunteering, you have no choice, you have to watch it. So if the Torah obligates you to watch it, you're doing a mitzvah, you're fulfilling a mitzvah, a positive commandment and a prohibition, so you get your, your enjoying the fact you're fulfilling a mitzvah. So, so therefore, you are getting reward for it. So, yeah, so therefore, you are liable, you're like a shame of sucker, someone, or a Bailey is getting paid, and you're liable if it's lost or stolen. The last the last words. Rabbi Yezir asked a question. Continue on 57.8. We learned the If you found a lost object and you returned to a place where the owner could see it, when he'll, when he'll go leave his house, enter his house, he'll leave his house, he'll see it. He's no longer, no longer obligated to be involved, to take care of it. It's done. It's restored. He returned it. He doesn't have to return it to the owner. He places it in a place where the owner will inevitably bump into it and see that it's there. His responsibility, he did his mitzvah and he's, he's gone. Therefore, nignavayavda. But if nignavayavda, chayev achriyus. If it's lost or stolen, he's responsible. So you must say, my, what do you mean nignavayavda? Lav, nignavayavda. Of the, of the Mebesa. The Bryce is talking about before he returned it. Before he returned it, if it's, and he's still in his house, he's watching it. He's getting ready to return it to the owner. Meanwhile, while he's watching it, if he gets lost a stone, he's liable. This clearly proves Rabbi Yetzel's point that you are considered like a shameless author. He was a law. You misunderstood the Bryce. Bryce means a if it's lost the stone from the place that he that he returned it, because since he didn't give it back, he didn't hand it back to the owner. He just placed it in a place where he assumed the owner will bump into it and realize that it's back. But, uh, fine, but if it's lost or stolen, you're responsible because it's negligent. Why would you return it and give it to him? Knock on his door and make sure he gets it. Don't just put it. Oh, I put it in front of his door. He'll surely has to leave his house sometime. <laughs> you, know, you know, maybe if it's uh, Dr. Fauci, will keep him locked up for three years. But uh, normally, he'll keep 
he leaves his house, he'll see it. <laughs> so, uh, no, but that's called negligence. That's not called returning. Even Abiyasu will, even, even Abba will agree in such a case that you're liable if it's lost or stolen. Well, if Akhtali, how do you say that? The Bryce has said you don't have to, no longer have to take care of it. You, mission accomplished. That it's okay to leave it there. So it's not negligent. He returned it during the day. He's learning. He's saying two things. Bryce is saying two things. If he prays in the morning before he leaves the house for work, so he's definitely going to see it and find it and bump into it. Chazali will see it. Then, then fine. His hands are clean. He did his job. Mission accomplished. He returned it. But if he returns at noontime, he doesn't go out in, the, in his house. He's working in the field. He comes, he leaves the house in the morning, comes home at night. So during the day, he's not there. He's not coming home for lunch. He won't see it. And then it was lost to stone before the owner came home, had a chance to see it. That's negligent. It's two separate things. Okay, Eitzvay. Rabbi Eitzvay continued asking, and Rabbi, from the end of this, he's always, the one who finds the lost object is always responsible until he returns it to the domain of the owner. My loyalam, what do you mean loyalam forever? Love. Even if it's law stolen from his house, from the ones who finds it, he's responsible. Loyalam, you're always responsible. Even if it's lost or stolen, it's your responsibility. This proves that Rabbi Yesu's point. That we consider him like a shame besacher and you're liable, irresponsible if it's lost or stolen. Rabbi responded to Rabbi Yesu. I admit to you in a case if you find that the lost object is a living creature. So then if it's lost or stolen, it's an animal that was lost, wandering animal. And you took it in to return it to the owner and then it's lost or stolen. I agree with you that that's negligent. It's lost or stolen. Why? Keep it knuckle and make it a... Because you say that since you see... That the living creature wanders. They go out. They're, they're predisposed to leave their, leave and wander. So in that case, they need extra watching. It's not enough just to watch it regularly. You have to you have to lock and lock and key, and you have to chain. I don't know. You have to make sure to watch it well. And if we didn't watch it, it was lost or stolen. It's you. It's negligence. But what I, what I was talking about, if it's a non-movable item, it's not a living creature. Mm-hmm. So then he's only a shemachina. Now Rabbi is questioning Rabbi a different b'raise. We learned the b'raise. It says in the Pesach, you find the lost item, you have to return it to your brother. It says, Hashem, ain't I love a b'raise. You have to return it to the owner's house. 
Only then do you satisfy your obligation. But the Ginnasir Lechrabasi, if you return it to the owner's garden or to his ruined ruins, Minayin, how do I know that you also fulfilled your obligation? Tamalayman, it says, Teshiva. Hashif Teshiva, it's a double expression. To teach me, any way that you you return it to their property, it doesn't have to be to their home, even their garden, or to their room, even if they're not there, but it's their, their private property, you fulfilled your obligation, you satisfied your obligation. My, what does it mean? Now the mother tries to analyze. What does the Braise mean? You returned it to the owner's garden or to his room. It's protected. Heinle basis, same as basis. What do you mean, a house? It has to be a house. I mean, it mean, means there's walls, it's guarded, it's locked, it's protected. What difference does it make where it is? If it's the garden, if it's walled in, and it's guarded, then it's the same as returning to the basis. Ella, rather, Pshita, obviously, what you're adding is, it's an open garden, it's not locked. It's a ruin, it's not locked. We see from here, and if it's lost or stolen, the Braise says, the Mishnah says, the Braise says, the Pasuk says, you fulfilled your obligation. So it's like a no, really, I'll tell you, we're talking about he has to return it to his watch gina. Only then could you satisfy your obligation. Because unless it's on the lock and key, it's walled in and locked in, you are responsible for anything if it's lost or stolen. What difference is What difference? Basically, it has to be a house. What difference does it make? The key criteria is meaning a house, meaning it's protected. So what difference does it make if your garden is fully protected? So I need a special pasuk to add. The garden. It's exactly like Besa, his house. No, the pasuk is coming to teach me. Even if the owner doesn't know that you returned it. The house means you knock on his door and you hand it to him personally. Okay? You restored it. You place it in his garden, yes, it's watching. He doesn't even know he got it back. In his mind, is lost, it's stolen, so he's not watching it. So then maybe I would think that you're still responsible for it. So he says, no, as long as it's back, it's fine. But the Rabbi Loza, the Rabbi Loza, like Rabbi Loza says, Hakel, Tzichandaz, Bail. If you steal something, or if you rob someone, or the four watcher, the Bailey, if you're watching something for someone, or you're renting, or you're borrowing, so you have to, you have to, the owner has to know that you returned it to them. Until they know that you returned it to them, you're responsible. You can't say, well, I, I, I put it down in your, in your backyard. I didn't know you put it, you never, that doesn't count. I'm not watching out for it, I, as far as I know, you still have it. So it doesn't count until you notify me, except Shabbos Aved. Shabbos Aved, even if the owner doesn't know that you returned it to them, you fulfilled your obligation. You satisfy your obligation. That's what the Bryce is coming to teach. Okay. Rabbi asked, Rabbi Yez, student, Rabbi asked, you don't behold like Rabbi, that uh, if someone is watching a lost item, he's like a Shem Rechinim, he's just doing the guy a favor. If someone finds a lost object and the owner comes and says, I hear you found my object, please return it to me. 
And he argues it was stolen from me and he swears, yes, I found it, it's true. Someone stole it from me. And he swears. And then it turns out that he lied. He was the one who stole it, yes. He was telling the truth, it was stolen. <laughs> but not based on minor detail, not based on what else. I'm the ganav. <laughs> so Mishalom, that's when he has to pay doubles, like a ganav. If he's saying it's a shame of soccer, so what does it help him when he argues it was stolen? He still has to pay. He still has to pay back. So he didn't save himself any money. So only Karnaboy Shlum. He has to pay the principal. When do you say you pay Kefal? If he exempts himself by saying it was stolen, he gets he, he exempts himself. Then it turns out that he's the ganif. So you 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 stole from the owner. The owner gave you something, and you were gonna he was gonna get it back, or you found it. You he was gonna get it back, and now you now you exempt yourself. You say, oh, I'm sorry, it was stolen. You're not getting a penny. It turns out you're the ganif. But if he has to pay the principal. And it turns out, yeah, he was the Ghanav, but he paid him anyway, so there's no kefal. Mm-hmm. Kefal is double. If you pay the principal, then you pay double. He's not paying the principal. He already paid him the principal. He just liked the item. He wanted to keep it. You don't pay kefal in such a case. If he pays for it. When he says it was stolen, he is exempting himself. He said, bandits came. I was forced. It wasn't a regular theft, which I'm held responsible. Really, I'm held responsible if it was a regular theft, because Rabbi Yezus says he's a shame of But here he says it wasn't a regular theft. The guy, the guy came with a gun to my head. I'm not going to die to protect you. I'm not obligated to die. He's an witness. So he did exempt himself. And it turns out he lied. He was the gun. He held the gun to his own head. <laughs> he stole it. <laughs> so therefore he pays Kefal. He's living on Amalei. So he's a Dabaya. Shani Yomer listed Mazuyan. He's a Dabaya. Because I say, listed Mazuyan. Even the Mitmer me inchi. I say he's a ganav and not a gazel. The question is, if it's listed mezuyin, there wouldn't be any kefal, and that's the case. If he's arguing, if he's arguing that the, he swore that bandit stole it from him, why is there kefal? Kefal is only a ganav if it's surreptitious, but if it's open, it's a, it's a robbery. It was robbery. He argued it was robbed. I was robbed. Robbed. There was no kefal. So Abaya answers, yes, went Abaya. I say, listen, Mizoyin. Even the mitzvah means ganav. The definition of a ganav, the difference in a ganav and a gazelin is not if the owner knows or the owner doesn't know. If it's surreptitiously, like you, you sneak, you pickpocket him, or you go into his house without his knowing, in the middle of the night while he's sleeping, and a gazelin is if the owner knows to his face. He says, no. That's not the definition. Even if it's to his face, he goes into his house, holds a gun to his head. That's not the definition of a gazel. Gazel is he does it in public. Other people see. He's not brazen. He's not afraid. Here he's holding a gun to his head. But he does it quietly. It's only you and you and the owner and him. But if he does it brazenly in public, that's a gazel. 
What if you steal a bank, you use a mask? You can say that a list of Mizuyan means he comes to steal surreptitiously. While you're asleep, or you won't know, but just in case you do bump into him, he carries a weapon that he's still going to walk out of the house with your item. That's not going to stop him. If you confront him, he's going to, he has a gun to your head, or warn you and threaten you, and, just, and therefore walk away with you. Or you can say, no, even if he does, it comes to you in the face, comes into your house, locks the door, holds a gun to your head openly. That was his intent. He's still called a gun, if not a gazan. Why? Because he doesn't want people, he doesn't do it in public, he doesn't want people to know, other than the one he's stealing from. That him he doesn't mind, he doesn't want the whole public to know. Why? Because the public knows they're going to guard, they're going to watch their things, they're going to hide everything. A gazlan is someone who's not afraid. I'm not worried you're going you're gonna to hide your thing. I'll come to you brazenly and just take everything you have. Versus a ganif, he's afraid. He's not, he's not, he's not going to come to you in your face and take everything that you have. He has to come quietly and steal from you. Even if he comes with a gun in his hand to your face. But, but, um, but he's not afraid of the public. Uh, he is afraid of the public. He doesn't want the public to know. He doesn't want everyone else to know. But Gazan doesn't mind if the public knows. I'm a communist. I'll take whatever I want. I'm not, I don't care. That's a Gazan. It's brazen. Continue on 57B, Eisvei. Uh, we learn the Bad Eisvei. I Hey, the Titus says that if the Bailey, if the Bailey uses your item, uses your item without permission illegally, it's called Shlichas Yad. Then, then he, he he's like a ganif, and then he's responsible for anything that happens, even if there's an accident. So the Tatus says it both in the case of a bailey is not getting paid, is doing you a favor and watching you, or the bailey is, is being paid to watch. So why does he have to say both? If the Tatus would only tell me in the case of Shemachinam that if the bailey illegally without permission sends his hand and uses your item so he like becomes a ganav and then he's responsible for whatever happens afterwards because if he lies if he swears that it was stolen turns out it wasn't stolen he's the ganav it was stolen but not by anyone else he's the ganav he has to pay double in the case of a Masachar you never pay double because if he argues it was stolen what happens you pay the principal, you're responsible. Mm-hmm. So even if it turns out that you stole it, it was stolen, but you're the Ganev, there's no Kefal. You only pay Kefal if it's double, if you're paying the principal plus. Mm-hmm. Here he already pr- paid the principal. When he argues that it was stolen, he didn't exempt himself from paying the principal. He had to pay the principal anyway. That's what you're, you're getting paid to watch. Mm-hmm. So therefore we find the strictness when it comes to Hashem that he gets to pay double, but Hashem never pays double. 
So therefore, Tema b'shem esachar she'enim b'sham tashlumi kevul. So since he doesn't pay double, maybe if his shlichus yad is not the same, shlichus yad is not the same. So someone admits to the crime, doesn't he? If he, if he, if he uses it without permission, the Tater doesn't say that now he's responsible for whatever happens. So that's what the Tater has to tell me. No, Shlichus Yad also applies to Shem Mesach. Now the question is, But if you're going to tell me that Lister Mesuyan is also a Ganev, because since, even though he, he robs him with gunpoint, point blank at gunpoint, but since he does it in his house, so he's also a ganef, and he also pay kefil. So nimtza, yeah, that the nimtza b'seir So I do have an incident. I do have a case. Even the shemesachem you pay kefil. So what are you telling me? Why is the tayde have to say that if you shlichas yad, if the bailey illegally, without permission, you touches touches the item that he's watching and uses it for his own personal usage. He becomes responsible for everything that happens. He becomes a ganev, and they just told to me both in the case of a shemachinam and the case of a shemasacher. You said why? Because if it would only say a shemachinam, I wouldn't know the same would be applied to a shemasacher. A shemachinam pays double. A shemasacher never pays double. What do you mean never pays double? I'll give you a case where you do pay double. You just said if he argues that it was it was it was uh, it was uh, stolen. Stolen with a gun to my head. I'm not responsible. I don't have to die for you. So watch it, but not not die for you. And then it turns out that he's the Ganev. So since he exempted himself from paying the principal, he ends up paying double. So I'm amazed. This is what the Braisen means. In any scenario, you pay kef. So therefore, within the Torah, strict and says that if shlichus yad, he has to pay for everything. He's responsible for everything. Only in very specific case, if he if he claims that it was a ganav that he stole he, at gunpoint, came to my house and held a gun to my head. But in regular case, if he says it was stolen, which he doesn't exempt himself, then he has to pay the principal. And even if he if it turns out that he's a ganav. There's no kefal. There's no penalty of kefal. Because he, his argument never exempt. He never exempted himself from paying the principal. So how could therefore the Torah has to say it also in that case? Okay. I'll ask you a question. It says by the shoyel, the borrower, nishbar in mace. If the axe that you borrowed broke down or died, and the owner is not present with you, you have to pay. So even if it broke down, it's an oyna, it's not your fault. doesn't matter, you have to pay. So only in the case if it breaks down a mesa. But But how do I know? But how do I know if it was lost or stolen that you have to pay? It's logically compelling argument. If there's an accident, the one who gets paid to watch, I only have to pay to make sure that it's not lost or stolen. But if an accident happened, I'm not liable. But I'm liable if it's lost or stolen. A borrower who's so strict. 
that the Taita holds him liable, even if it was an accident, you still are liable and you have to pay the owner, restore to him his, his axe. How much more so? The Taita doesn't have to spell it out. It goes without saying, of course. He's liable for, for Gneva. But it says it's irrefutable logic. You can't, you can't refute this logical argument. Compelling, it's compelling. So the question is, we talk about if you're going to say if you're going to say that if you held a gunpoint in your house, it's also considered a gun. What do you say? I can't refute this kavuchem, and I could refute it. Even if he argues that it was listed mezuyin, that it was a, it was at gunpoint. So he pays kefil. Why? Because he exempted himself by arguing that he was held at a gunpoint. Mm-hmm. He was exempt himself from paying anything because it was a minus. Turns out he's the Ganev, he swore falsely, he himself stole it, he has to pay double. Mm-hmm. Versus Shail never pays double. There's no argument that the Shail could make that would exempt him. How could a Shail pay double? Even if it turns out that he stole it. What difference does it make? You're paying, any argument you made, you're paying the owner. So you like the item and you kept the item, that's not enough to make you pay careful. Careful is only when you pay the principal, you also pay double. Here you're not paying the principal. The fact that the shoyel, the borrower, always pays the principal and the swearing won't exempt him. Let's say if he says, the shoyel says it was, it was stolen from me at gunpoint. It doesn't matter. You still have to pay. So that's stricter, that's more relevant than the fact that he doesn't pay kefal. Okay, so he doesn't pay kefal. Why should he pay kefal? Since there's no argument that could exempt him of paying. The fact that he has to pay no matter what. No matter what happens. Even if it's a gun point. I don't expect you to die. It doesn't matter. You borrowed. You have to return it. You, the owner, return it. I don't care what happens. It's, it's, like, it's like I lend you money and then you lost money in the market. I can't pay. It's not my business what happened. You borrowed. You return. Period. End of story. So what difference does it make? You don't end up paying cable. What do I? That's a technicality. You don't pay cable because because whatever you say, you're going to end up paying the principal. Yeah. So what, what difference does that make? Lame Now he's going to try to bring a proof to Rabbi Yisus' point. List is a ganav, and you do pay kefal. We learn you rent a, a, a cow from from your friend, and it was lost. It was stolen. And the renter says, "I don't want to swear to you. I don't like swearing. I'll rather pay, even though I could swear and I'll be exempt. I don't pay a dime because I'm not responsible." Uh, 
And then the Ganif is found. So who does the Ganif pay the, the Kefal to? So the law says, Since he paid, he paid the principal. So it's, a, it's like he bought the cow. So now the Ganif is between him and the Ganif. Now the Ganif, I get the benefit of the, of the Kefal. Mm-hmm. Double payment goes to me. Because I didn't have to pay the owner. I could have exempted myself. So the rabbis thought that this price They thought that this price this price surely follows the halacha, which is Rabbi Yehuda. That a, a, a renter is like is like a, a bailey that gets paid. He's benefiting from. He's not doing you a favor and watching it. He's benefiting from it. I'm watching it because I'm because I'm using it, I'm renting it. Therefore, what does it help if he says that I stole? It was stolen. What do you mean? I'm going to swear. I don't want to swear, and I'm going to pay. Who's giving you an option to swear? <laughs> you have to pay. You're responsible. What are you going to swear? I don't care if you swear. You don't swear. Not that if I swear it was, a, it was stolen, I'm not going to. I don't have to pay. I'm doing you a favor by paying. I'm doing me a favor. You have to pay. You're responsible. Mm-hmm. I believe you it was stolen, but you're going to pay me. So what do you mean he could have exempted himself? So the only scenario you can say is that if he argued it was stolen at gunpoint. It's an oinus. So yes, a seicher is like a shem asachar. A shem asachar, I have to watch it, but not, not die for you. Mm-hmm. If, it was, if someone came and it was a carjacker, it, it was a gun to my head, gunpoint, I'm not responsible. So I could have sworn and be, and be exempt. Instead, I decided I don't want to swear. I'll just pay you. So now I own the cow. Mm-hmm. The Ganav comes, comes and we find the Ganav. Witnesses come and say that the Ganav stole. He ends up paying careful to me. So this proves Rabbi Yasef's point that a list of Mazuyan is a Ganav and you pay careful. He had an option of swearing and exempting himself from payment. This is the only scenario. This is a proof to Rabbi Yisuf's point. So your mother pushes off the proof. Amri in Yeshiva they said, your whole assumption is that this price is following the opinion of Rabbi Huda that a renter is like a shame of because for the privilege of using it he's paying for a price he's renting so the fact that I'm watching I, I'm just doing you a favor so if he could have sworn and say it was stolen he would be exempt because it's like a bailey is doing you a favor and watching if you you boy said if you want to answer you like a switched the opinions. But Tani says, "Seicher kaitzim mishalom that meirim mishalom." That meir says like a shem b'sach. Would they make a shem b'chinah? So even if you want to say he holds like Rabbi Yehuda, but Rabbi Yehuda is the one who says that that's like a shem b'chinah. Rabbi Zeir Amar, Rabbi Zeir says, 
Another reason why you can't prove from this b'raisa because hachav ma'eskinan b'toyin tainus listim mezuyim and himsut listim she'enu mezuyim. Yes, he argues that it was listim mezuyim, so therefore I don't have to pay. I am like a shem mesacha. That's the halacha, like Rabbi Yehuda. But it was a gunpoint. I'm not to die for you. I'm exempt, but I don't want to swear. So I'm going to pay you. Then the witnesses come and say that it was stolen, but what kind of stolen? It was surreptitiously. It wasn't stolen. With the, it wasn't stolen. No, not in public. It wasn't stolen at gunpoint. It was a regular ganif. So really, I'll tell you, listen, Mizuyan is like a robber. There's no cave. The witnesses come and say it wasn't. It wasn't listen, Mizuyan. It was. It was a regular case of a theft. Officially, and that's why this careful and the careful goes. To the shamer who chose voluntarily to pay, he didn't have to. He could have exempted himself by, sw- by swearing and saying he had a gun to his head. He says he comes to the court and he says it was armed robbery. The guy came to my house with a gun to my head. I could have sworn, and, and but you know what? I'm a nice guy. I don't want to swear. Here, I'll give you the money, even though I don't have to. What so he could have exempted himself by swearing that his argument is correct, even though it was a lie. And maybe that's why he didn't want to swear. <laughs> the bottom line is, he paid the guy. Here's your money. So now I bought your cow. So any benefit that comes now comes later. Witnesses come and uh, testify that it was stolen, and we know the galleries. And it was stolen repetitiously. It wasn't stolen with a gun to the shamer's head. He just stole. It. Who gets the kefil? The shamer gets the kefil. Okay. Says now Mishnah, the animal falls from the public from the street, falls into the garden, and he he he, he, he enjoys by falling. So he pays the, the the value of their benefit. Not the damage. What happened was he fell on the yield, on the produce, and he trampled it and he ruined it. Now he would benefit it because he didn't fall on the ground. He could have, the animal could have fallen on the ground and break his head, break his body. Instead, it cushioned his fall. So that cushion. So how much value is that? I could have put a mattress also. So I have to pay whatever I would have paid to put the cheapest thing here that's cushiony, cushioned. But I'm not going to pay you for the ruining. I ruined this garden you were planting as exotic fruits, organic tomatoes. I can sell for $100 a pound in the or health fruit store. I'm not paying you for that. I'm paying you the benefit the animal had and it fell on these, on these exotic fruits that cushioned its land. So your mother said, but Avo, what are you trying to say? Avo, if it ate, then you don't even pay what you better. What if the animal just fell in and started eating? Once it fell into the garden, <laughs> it's like a bull in a china shop. Are you kidding me? All these delicious fruits, that's eating. Fine, I don't have to pay for the damage. It fell, it was an accident. But surely you have to pay, I, I shouldn't pay what you benefited from. You saved on the straw. You didn't have to give the animals straw. So whatever those pennies that you save, at least you should give me that. What are you trying to say? Only if it if cushioned, only that you pay for the benefit, not if it ate. So Rav should say, 
If someone brings fruits into your domain without permission, and the animal, the owner's animal ate the fruit and, and, and got a stomachache or kill, it hurt them, died from it or killed them or hurt them. So Rabbi says, you don't have to pay. Rabbi says, you don't have to pay. The owner can say, who asked your animal to eat? Did I invite your animal to eat? <laughs> Fine. If your animal eats, you're not paying me a dime. I get it. But I'm not paying you either. I didn't ask your animal to eat this food. So too. So too. Yeah, you should have said, okay, my animal shouldn't have eaten. You're right, it shouldn't have eaten. What can I do? It's not my fault. It fell in by accident. I watched it appropriately, it just fell in. And then it started, while it was there, it started eating. So you shouldn't have eaten, but why shouldn't pay anything? So I'm reading, Yeshiva says, how could you compare? There, the animal, the owner's animal ate and got hurt by eating that fruit. There, the owner of the fruit can say, who asked the animal to eat? I'm not paying you for the damage. But here, your animal fell in and your animal ate my fruits. What are you telling me he shouldn't have eaten? But he did eat. Of course I'm an old responsible. I'm not going to hold you responsible to pay for the full value, market value of what he ate. But at least pay what you benefited from. Hello, rather, now we continue on 58A. Let me buy comma. Not only the animal eats the fruit. Of course you pay. The owner of the animal has to pay what he benefited from, that he saved a meal of straw. But Aim I with him, but if it just landed, it didn't eat anything. It just landed and ruined the fruits with the by land. That I don't have to pay anything. If your friend, if your friend sees that a lion is about to attack his neighbor, and he chases away the lion, does the owner, does the neighbor have to pay him for his services? No, he did a mitzvah. You're protecting me. Just like there's a mitzvah to, for the Lord to restore a lost item, there's a mitzvah to make sure my friend doesn't have a loss in the first place. That's why if he needs to help, help with sandbags, mincha. We'll see if a mincha. A mitzvah. So you too, you're saving me. I would think, you did me a favor, you helped me. You helped my animal, it shouldn't get hurt. It's an obligation. You did a mitzvah. So you shouldn't even pay anything. Not only am I not paying you for the ruin and the damage to the value of the fruit, to the vegetables, whatever it was, I'm not even paying you what I benefited. So that's why he's coming to the commercial that he do have to pay. Why, why, why is it different than if you chase away a lion? I don't have to pay you for your services. So why is this any different? So the answer is, is a difference. I chose to do it. I'm doing a mitzvah. So you don't have to pay me for my services. 
Hi, love me, Daita. You didn't ask me. <laughs> you just the animal just landed. I'll tell you the difference. I'll just I didn't lose anything. For my services for my time, you don't have to pay me. But hi, you said you ruined you destroyed my whole garden. <laughs> Fine, so I can't hold you responsible to pay the value of the garden, but at least pay me what you benefit. Continue. Have a wonderful day. Have a good travel.